Amen and amen. For those who are standing, please remain standing as we read the Word of God from Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 23, we'll begin with tonight. But this I call to mind, therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You may be seated. And I want to lead us in a moment again of prayer. A holy and wonderful God, today we come to you with, with glad hearts that you, Father, uh, as this song has said, that you hold us in the palm of your hand. You have and never will let go those whose hearts are given to you. And so, Father, we thank you for that confidence that we have because, Lord, frankly, we need, we need that good news. We need you to hold us fast. We need your help in times of trouble. And so, Father, I thank you for that. And, Lord, I pray for us tonight as we hear your word. I pray that you would speak to our hearts uh, give us uh, minds that are able and ready to listen, hearts that are pliable and uh, willing to receive correction and instruction and encouragement from your word. And give us, uh, Father, uh, a will to follow you in these things. And give us encouragement, we pray. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Well, it is a privilege to uh, share with you all this evening and uh, be a part of this. Tonight, we're going to uh, have a message called the, the Path to Renewed Hope. Now, you'll notice that you have, uh, you have two sides of your notes. If you don't like my outline, you can just turn it over and make up your own, all right? And so if there's something meaningful, I probably actually won't give you fill in the blanks until we're about halfway done. So just so you heads up, you're like, wait, where is he? Okay, just, just want you to be prepared that that's on, you know, that's, I know that, whether it's on purpose or not, I, I do know that. So my question to start with is, what do you have hope in? What gives you hope? Some of you hope the sun will shine tomorrow like it did today and will be 60 degrees again. Some of you hope that there will be cash in the bank next time you go to your bank and you want to withdraw money from your bank. You know, we live in this, in this crazy world where, well, we have hope in the next generation. Yeah, some days. I can't talk without, I can't have a, you know, a whole audience without getting going here. We have a grandson. We have two grandchildren. Uh, our oldest is three years old, Crosby. And uh, my wife started a, a notepad on the Apple Notes thing, you know, where you share. And, and on that notes, it, there, there, I think it says Crosbyisms or something like that. Uh, but, but some of my favorite notes that he has said, like I say, he's in preschool and he's three years old. And, and he, there's a song that he sings. It's Skip. Skip, skip to my who, skip to my who, my darling. If you don't have preschoolers, you may not even see that. And then there's another one called Liddy Buddy, Little, Little, Little Buddy Foo, no. Yeah, no, his version is Little Buddy Poo Poo. 
funny things that, that kids say. You know, I have hope in the brilliance of this young man who's rewriting the nursery rhymes and, and has plans for, uh, for the world. You know, that, but there are seasons when life is, is tr- so troubling, it's hard to find hope. One month ago, earthquakes rocked Turkey and Syria. And, and you know how our news cycles work. We've forgotten about that. But did you realize that, no, it's not 28,000 people who, who lost their lives. 55,000 people lost their lives in that, that devastating earthquake. It may be a personal health crisis or a diagnosis that can devastate your day until you gain perspective. It may be a family with young children who, who learn that cancer has returned and the devastating news makes it, make, leaves us grasping for hope. We're not the only ones. This is really pretty common human experience. Isn't that an encouraging word for tonight? This is pretty common experience. In Psalm 13, uh, David wrote this, this song. He said, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will, must I take counsel uh, in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider me and answer me. O Lord, my God, light up my eyes, lest I, have, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say, I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice, because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, because he has dealt bountifully with me. Wow, what a, what a shift. That sounds like a normal day, doesn't it? <laughs> we're, you know, we're, 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 we're at the very bottom of, uh, you know, we're at rock bottom emotionally and everything's gone wrong and everything is horrible. And then the Lord reminds us that he is good and that he is God. And, and like, the, like David says, we say, well, I will sing to the Lord because he's dealt bountifully with me. Even the disciples, as they were hanging out with Jesus, we find in Mark chapter uh, 4, verse 40, or not verse 40 yet. Uh, Anyway, i got to change my notes because I said 40, but I'm actually starting at 37. But anyway, there was the middle of a storm, and the disciples had gone with Jesus to cross the sea. They'd been teaching uh, on one, sea, one, one shore, and they were going across the shore to the other side. And the boat was filling up with water, and the wind and the waves were, uh, were overcoming them. And Jesus, you know what he was doing? He was sleeping in the stern of the ship, of the boat. And in verse 38, they said, they woke him up and they said, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? One more slice out of our daily life. Jesus, don't you, don't you know what I'm going through? And of course, he, he woke and he rebuked the wind and the sea. He said, Peace, be still. Uh, this is not our text, but it's, it's an illustration of what life just kind of throws at us. Life is, is not always, well, it's often difficult, but it's really a matter, turns out to be a matter of perspective. You don't have to look very deep in our world to see brokenness. You don't have to look very far in your own life. 
to see the dysfunction in your own family, and your own experience. Recently, I, I met a young man. I, I was walking around the lake. I have a, 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 an obsessive habit of walking the lake early in the mornings. And I was walking around the lake, and, and it was one of those days in February when the, 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 uh, the sunrise was just magnificent. If you follow me, you know, if you're my friend on Facebook, you saw it, right? Uh, anyway, but I, I, I couldn't help but, but take pictures and, and post and tell. But while I'm enjoying the beauty of this sunrise, I come around the corner. I'm, okay, so you're walking with me. I'm at the north end uh, of, of, uh, of the lake, and I'm coming along around Ocean Beach Highway, and I'm coming around, and I look back to the east. And there's a guy sitting on a bench, and I'm thinking, wow, he's, he's, and he's got a puppy dog, and I'm thinking, wow, he's really taken in the beauty of this sunrise. And normally I'm listening to Pastor Mike's uh, video blog or, or audio blog or, or I'm listening to scripture as I'm walking around there. About that time I normally get done with my scripture reading and listen to Pastor uh, on, on that. But I, I said, wow, what a magnificent light show. But it seemed he hadn't even noticed it. There he was. Uh, young, and like I said, normally I'm, I'm uh, focused. I, but he was looking at me, his dog was, was panting at me, wanting to say hello, and it was a little puppy, and, and, and so and he said, you can pet him, so that was kind of an invitation to conversation, right? So I, I turned off the, the audio on my uh, headphones, and, I'm, and um, he, had in a, he inadvertently revealed a snapshot of a very broken world, which is really reflective of what we live in, and, and so... I'll call him Johnny uh, because you might know his story. This is Cowlitz County. We're all here, right? He went on to tell me that he was recovering from two gunshot wounds because he had tried to commit suicide. And a friend thwarted his effort, but in the mix, he was wounded twice. I told him, well, I'm sure glad you were unsuccessful. And he just kind of waved it off and said, well, at least I got my dog. And he went on again to describe the brokenness of his life. First he said, you remind me of my ex-girlfriend's dad. And I'm going, okay, well, it's, I'm not him. <laughs> And he wasn't saying that, <laughs> but that was kind of my reaction. Like, well, I'm not him, because <laughs> I, 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 I know, what, you know what my girls, they, they've never had you as a boyfriend, so I get, I get that. But anyway, he looked at me, he saw my, you know, these, these grand whiskers I had, I just, probably the hairstyle I have going on too, and, and he said, you, you remind me of that. But he said, this is my ex-girlfriend's dad, stepdad. And he, anyway, do you hear the brokenness of his world? His girlfriend's life was a broken home where she had, she was a parent, was the child of, of divorced parents because it was a stepdad. Not, I assume divorce, forgive me, maybe that's wrong, but there was still this, this hurt in there. And then there was the fact that it was an ex-girlfriend, so those relationships really weren't working all that well for him. And he had, oh, by the way, tried to commit suicide. 
Now, contrast that to the, the, the reflection that came to my mind as I was just really enjoying the beauty of that day, the sunrise and, and the uh, incredible colors of the sky. And I, I was literally reminded of these verses, Lamentations 3, 25, 21 to 25. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. His mercies never end. They are new every morning. I think that's the phrase that kind of works for us, right? When the sunrise is new every morning, and I was enjoying the sunrise as it was new that very day. Great is your faithfulness, I say. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him and to the person who seeks him. Now these words of Jeremiah were indeed the, found, the, the foundational words for last month's hymn of the month. Great is thy faithfulness. And, and uh, this book of Lamentations, it's interesting to understand that it's really five Hebrew poems uh, that, that, that were written. The Hebrew alphabet has, has 22 letters, and each of these chapters, 1, 2, 4, and 5, have 22 verses in them. And verse chapter 3 has 66 verses in it. So, uh, you, know, one, uh, you know, three verses for every letter of the alphabet. So it's this poetic lament. And so, but I want to uh, give us some perspective to these words because Jeremiah says to us, uh, you know, yet this I call to mind, therefore I have hope. Well, what was going on? Well, I'm going to read the lengthy passage of uh, uh, chapter 3, beginning with verse 1 until we get to verse 20. He said, I am the man who has seen affliction under the, wrath of, un, under the rod of his wrath. He is driven and brought me into Darkness without any light, he surely, excuse me, surely against me, he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. He has made my flesh and my skin waste away. He's broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me dwell in darkness like the dead of long ago. He has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He has made my chains heavy. Though I call and cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways with the blocks of stones. He's made my paths crooked. He's a bear lying in wait for me, a lion in hiding. He turned aside my steps and tore me to pieces. He has made me desolate. He bent his bow and set me as a target for his arrow. He drove into my kidneys the arrows of his quiver, and I have become the laughingstock of all peoples, the object of their taunts all day long. He has filled me with bitterness. He has sated me with wormwood. He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. The soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say, my endurance has perished, and so has my hope. From the Lord. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and it's bowed down within me. Wow, that was a bad day. 
Even God was not on his side in his experience, his opinion. In fact, it sounds like he thought God was responsible for some of the misery that he was going through. Can you identify with that? There are some days that are difficult. Whether it's today or you remember a time. And so I, I know that this is common experience for us. Maybe not to the extreme degree. And maybe we're not as Eeyore as, as he was, right? And thinking that everything is just so horrible. But we could be that on a certain day. And so here's where you get to fill in the blanks. In trouble or despair, remember. Lamentations 3.21. But this I call to mind. This I remember. The nature and the character of God's love and mercy. I remember what he is like. Yet this I call to mind. There are times, you know, when you, you have to choose to remember what you know is absolutely true. Because in the experience, in the feeling of it, in the moment, uh, you, you have forgotten. And so he said, you know, life is horrible. It's like he's taken all of the arrows of his quiver and he shot them right into my kidney. But I remember this. Jeremiah was lamenting all of the pain and all of the trouble of life. Sometimes it's good to clarify uh, what seems to be reality when you remind yourself about what is temporary. Remember what is eternally true. Because these circumstances that he described were all temporary. And the problems that face us and that hit us, sometimes they feel like they're permanent and immediate and will never get better. But they're temporary. So we remind ourselves of what is temporary and what is eternally true. Now, one thing I don't want to dismiss is that the current circumstances are real. The current circumstances were real. The pain is real. The grief is real. The heartbreak is real. I'm not trying to minimize or trivialize the pain and suffering that you might be experiencing, but let's learn from Jeremiah as he lamented the suffering of exile. Again, he said, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope, because the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say, the Lord is my portion, therefore I'll put my hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. J.D. Greer, uh, a pastor, reflects on these this way. He said, well, here's a question. How do you know that? How do you know that God has steadfast love for you? For some of you, that's the last thing that you feel. You feel distant from God and you wonder what God might be punishing you for, for some past sin. Well, here's how you understand the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus traded places with you. That on the, on the cross, when he was crucified, he paid the price of our sin. And he took our sin on himself. 
He traded places. That's the gospel. The gospel, so as we get perspective, we understand the gospel. He was a real exile, Jesus was. He was sent from Israel outside of Jerusalem to the cross for our sin. He was the one whose body was torn by God like a bear, the one whom God had shot his arrows of wrath. He was the one who was driven down in the, on the streets of Jerusalem with a whip carrying his cross. He's the one uh, on the cross who on the cross faced abandonment and unanswered prayers as God turned his face away. He literally drank the wormwood and the gall, the vinegar mixed with gall. He drank the full cup of God's wrath for us. So all that is left for me is steadfast love. Verses 1 through 20, Jesus lived chapter 3 that we just read, so that we could experience and live 21 to 24. So now I know that God could not love me anymore because I am in Christ. Christ traded places with me. Christ got the full cup of God's wrath so that not a drop is left for me. And when I wake up in the morning, there's nothing there for me but mercy because God's, the cup of wrath is empty. His love never ceases. His mercy never ends. We sang that hymn in February. Great is thy faithfulness. O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies. I see all I have needed. Your hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. So about remembering. About remembering. Paul offers a thought on this. He said in Philippians chapter 3, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to to make it my own uh, because Christ Jesus has made it his own and made me his own. He said, Brothers, I don't consider that I've made it my own. That is perfection and, and wholeness in Christ. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, what lies behind, and straining toward Forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. You see, I, I not only do I, re, it's good to remember the faithfulness and the goodness of God, but Paul says there's some things we should forget. Some of the, some of the, some of our, the things that God has for, for, forgiven, we need to put that behind us. 
as well. Now, what he was putting behind him, if you want to read chapter 3 of Philippians in the first, first verses, you'll find his testimony of all the things he put behind, and those were a lot of accomplishments and a lot of, uh, of successes on his part. But, and he kind of doesn't make a whole lot of the fact that, oh yeah, he was a murderer and killed a lot of people too. But he says, I, I forget all of that and I press on towards the calling of knowing Christ Jesus. So remember. Some good counsel about remembering includes forgetting. And because of what I remember, I have hope. I have hope. In verse 24 of Lamentations 3, it says, The Lord is my portion. The Lord is my portion. And, and, and in saying that, he was not only saying that he was my, uh, you know, my, my dose or my cup of love. No, he was saying that the, the, the portion in, in this context was, he was my, he's my territory. He's my everything. He's, he's where I live. He is my portion. And because of that, I have hope. And he went on to say, and the Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. In him we live and move and have our being. Paul took those words from the, the Greeks uh, who just kind of had them up there about their, uh, about their unknown God and, 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 and their just kind of their language that kind of made them feel good and spiritual. But Jesus said, Paul said, no, you in him, in Christ, we live and move and have our being. So I have hope, and I have hope because of what? Because of God's love. His, his faithfulness never ends. I have hope because of his love. For God so loved the world, what? That he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. He, we have hope because God loves us. And 1 John 3, 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given us that we would be his own, that we would be called children of God. And so are we. I have hope because of the way I understand that God loves me. My friend Joe Chambers learned through a great deal of hardship that he brought on himself that he is the beloved of God. And it's his story. I won't try to, to retell the whole thing. But in the midst of despair, he found hope. That, that hope was that he was loved by God in brokenness that he never imagined would be restored. A wounded marriage, a ministry evaporated. But in that despair, he was reminded from the word of God and his spirit ministering to him that he is the beloved of God. You see, if God so loved the world that he gave his son so that you could know him, you too are not just loved so your sins are forgiven, but you are cherished, beloved by God. His marriage restored, his ministry restored. He now proclaims to all who are, are broken like him that we are deeply loved by God. Somehow, Jeremiah knew that. Even in the midst of all of this lament, all of, all of the pain and all of the struggle and all of the difficulty that he was describing, he knew that to be true. Why? Because he had a relationship with the living God. 
And he went on to say in verse 25 before, I'll warn you, if you want to go ahead and just go home and read all 66 verses of, of Lamentations 3, he falls right back in the pit after he has hope. And, and he starts describing how horrible things are. But in the middle of that, he says, it's good. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, verse 25, to the person who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. This was a man who lived with a whole nation of Israel in exile. And he was experiencing all of this difficulty and all of this pain. But he said, I remember this. This I call to mind. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. His mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say the Lord is my portion. I I live in him. Therefore, I'll put my hope in him. And the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Well, friends, is your world upside down? Are you having a pity party? If not today, was it yesterday? Or maybe I won't be a prophet someday in the future. I won't name the day, even if it is on the calendar. Are your circumstances so discouraging and so in despair Well, I want to encourage you this. Go ahead, write your poem of lament. It must be okay, it's in the Bible. Go ahead and write it out. Let God have it. He he can handle it. Express all of the pain, all of the difficulty. Write your own lament. And then call to mind. This I remember. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Go ahead and stand and sing, you know it. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Would you join me in prayer? Our Father, we praise you that you are with us through the thick and the thin, through the joy and the difficulties, Father. And and Lord, you know exactly where each one of us is today. Whether we're putting on a good face or not, or if it's just absolutely blissful and wonderful as the sunshine outside, or if it is deep and dark 
and pain. Father, you meet us in that, and you're willing to hear us and remind us of your great, great love for us. So please remind us today of your provision, of your portion that we live in you. And for this reason, we have hope because of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.